Well, good day and welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Jeff Baumgartner, a senior editor at Light Reading. Hi, uh, this is uh, Harjot Saluja. I am the CEO and founder of Reach Mobile. Great. Well, glad to have you on the podcast today. Um, I think it's been a little while uh, since we last spoke. Uh, I think last time we talked a little bit was about your partnership with Wide Open West on the mobile side. And, you know, we'll definitely touch on that, you know, as we go along. But uh, we're going to be exploring a few areas uh, today. But to get us started uh, and to kind of give everybody's uh, bearing straight on on Reach Mobile, uh, can you maybe give us like a brief overview of the company and, and kind of the, and the focus? Uh, again, just to give everybody their bearings here. Absolutely. Good to talk to you again as well, Jeff. Uh, yep. So I think a little bit about Reach Mobile. Um, the way to think about us is, you know, Reach is doing uh, to the telecom networking industry what Shopify did to e-commerce. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, our tagline is simplify network monetization. So we've built a digital stack that allows companies, any client, to leverage the network and monetize it in many different ways, but in a very, very simple manner. Uh, and with that, you know, if you pick any example, like Wide Open West, you made a reference to, right? If they want to launch a mobile service, you know, they can just focus on marketing and distribution. And our platform does everything else, right? So just like Shopify, say, hey, you build your product, we'll do everything else for you, and then you can go sell. Same way, you know, we do everything that's needed. Doesn't matter what the network is. It could be mobile, it could be fixed wireless, it could be broadband internet, right? Uh, satellite, right? So the network is not as relevant, it's abstracted out. Uh, but the idea is to make sure that everything that you need to create a service from a consumer standpoint, from a salespeople, support people, your stakeholders, finance, marketing, product, for everyone, the platform has all the pieces that you need to run a complete service. Right. And you mentioned a couple of uh, the different approaches you can take from the access network, whether it's fixed wireless, mobile, fixed. You mentioned satellite, too. But um, I guess at this stage, is most of the traction on the mobile side or kind of what's the uh, the breakdown or are you kind of uh, uh, pursuing some of those areas right now? Yeah, so I think as a company, there are three broad segments we are focused on. So there's mobile, as you mentioned, right, mm -hmm. uh, which was kind of the, our very first use case, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, the second segment is broadband internet, in which we put fixed wireless and broadband fiber or cable, whatever the network is. Uh, and the third segment is IoT, right? Those are the kind of three broad segments we're focused on. I would say that today we are about 50-50 in the first two segments and the IoT segment being kind of the catching up segment for us. And, you know, we are working on a very large project there, which hopefully will come to fruition in Q1. But if I look three years out as a company, we think that would be about one third each. And the way the market is sort of shaping up for us especially in the second segment, the broadband segment, just over fiber or cable or whatever the broadband underlying physical network is, that might be the segment that might be the bigger segment for us, you know, in five years, you know, relative to the mobile segment in terms of just pure growth. Right. And how would the broadband use case kind of put together, right? Because I have a pretty good understanding of the mobile side with an example, again, with Wide Open West, right? They're working with you and, and, and in partnership, created the product that's been out in the market for a little while now. Now, how would it work 
on the broadband side because usually you know an ISP you know, already has their their service. You know they're not breaking into the broadband game. So would it come from the other side? And you know somebody wants to get into the the broadband game somehow. Yeah, so I think there are there are two broad use cases in the broadband segment. Uh, no pun intended. Um, mm-hmm. I think one is uh, fixed wireless because it's still broadband internet, right? Right. Uh, which is obviously very similar to mobile, except that you know you're offering fixed wireless to home. And our actually prior to launching Wide Open West Mobile, our very first launch was a you know wireless home internet product. You know we haven't publicly announced the client. It's a very large provider in the U.S. They okay. have a nationwide fixed wireless service now that's entirely built on our platform, right? Uh, and they have been operational since, you know, uh, Q1 of this 2022. So it's been around for a bit. And we have a super turnkey solution for anybody who wants to do, you know, fixed wireless access, you know, in different parts of the world, though focus being the U.S. market and Western European market. And then the second use case in the, you know, broadband segment is traditional broadband, and to answer your question, like, you know, will somebody create a new broadband network? So I think there there are two types of customers we're seeing. One is established existing broadband companies that have been around forever, right? Have very antiquated systems from, you know, generations ago, if you will, right? We thought mobile was antiquated in terms of the back office and systems. But when we want, went to the broadband side... It was just a different definition of really? so like, wow, this is ancient. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is some arcane <laughs> stuff here. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I think I the value they see is two, yeah. two use cases. I think one, they see that if they want to, let's say they pass 2 million households and they serve half million or 1 million, right? They feel like they can capture the others by doing more creative plans, maybe prepaid mm-hmm. broadband, maybe like a different flanker brand, right? Like, uh, like there are lots of different ways to scan up you know, capture that market. And in order for them to do it with their ancient systems, right, it could take years, right, and cost millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. We can go make that operational in a matter of, you know, two or three months. And we will be announcing our very first large client on the fiber side sometime mm-hmm. uh, in in late this year or early next year. We are, you know, we are signing the agreements with them as we speak and we'll be launching them in, you know, Q1 of next year. I see. Okay. So, yeah. So, you can give them a lot more flexibility in how they price and well, package for for sure uh, some of those services, right? Because some of them are pretty static. You know, it's like, hey, you get this speed for this price or, or that speed for that price. Uh, yeah. But it sounds like, uh, you, can you like layer it down or drill down into things like even uh, uh data usage and uh, bundling in other perks and, right. and things like that. We're starting to see a lot of, uh, you know, different ways to, to kind of uh, go after the broadband segment, particularly since it's very uh, saturated right now, particularly for home broadband. Yeah. And, and maybe they need some, uh, some different ways to go after the market. So you can kind of give them the tools to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think some of them want value-added services, bundle mesh Wi-Fi, bundle security products, bundle IoT mm-hmm. solutions. Some of them are looking for more creative ways to bill, maybe do bi-weekly billing, maybe do like, you know, different types of arrangements. And I think our platform is nimble enough to like handle all of those. And some of them are saying, hey, I want to do a prepaid or a flanker brand and I want to bundle mobile day one, right? So it's very integrated experience, a single card experience to do it, right? So it's kind of all of the above. 
And there's another category of broadband players in the U.S. market where there's a lot of money being invested into building fiber to home, right, in many markets, right, in the U.S. And they are primarily funded by either PE firms or other players who are putting capital in and lots of new fiber companies are kind of taking birth. For them, there is no reason to go and sort of acquire antiquated systems, right? And our platform is a great fit for that, right? So those are the two kinds of customers who are purely in the broadband play for us, right, yeah. in the market. Well, I think the, 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 the flanker brand idea is really interesting. We, we saw uh, some uh, direction in that, or, you know, some, uh, some ideas in that direction a few years ago. I mean, like the old Layer 3 TV guys, before they did the T-Mobile deal and so forth, they were working with uh, the old mm-hmm. Suddenlink, and they came up with, like a flanker brand called like Yumi TV or something because, you know, Suddenlink is pretty well known in their right. markets, of course. And, you know, with a flanker brand, you can come out with, uh, you know, uh, you know, a different brand, maybe a different uh, uh, value play, you know, into, into the market, a different service in, 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 in kind of a way. So, uh, so that, that's an interesting concept. And if they're going to use a flanker brand, would it be to go after, like a high end of the market or maybe a lower end or, you know, what would, what, what are you kind of seeing in terms of interest? We see both. We see prepaid yeah. interest and postpaid. Okay. And, and quite frankly, what we also see is as they start to dig into doing it, or some of them are already using our mobile product, right? Mm-hmm. Or some other solution like a fixed wireless, you know, uh, solution, yeah. but they also have a fiber broadband asset, right? And as they use a system, they are also thinking, hey, I can also migrate my, you know, existing customer base to this because I have a lot more power to then sell new services to them in a much, much simple fashion as opposed to today. Today, if I want to make a plan change, it takes me like three months or six months to get it done. Whereas in our system, it's nimble. Not only I can make a plan change in a week, but I can also now add, you know, three other services, especially on the IoT side, right? There's a lot of interest on the connected devices side in the broadband community as well. And it's very simple and nimble for them to, you know, kind of add those services on top of the system. So we are starting to see not only the new either, you know, going after high end or low end sort of value based services, but also kind of looking into migrating, you know, existing customers into a new platform. So our contracts generally, even though we might be solving for a flanker brand or a prepaid offer or a, you know, high end postpaid offer, but they built in these provisions so that it allows them to migrate existing customers to new platforms as well. Right. Yeah, I think on the prepaid side uh, for broadband, like uh, we haven't seen a lot of that in the market. You know, I think Comcast kind of put together their own uh, product. There's a couple of others out there, but I remember when it was starting to catch on a few years ago, or at least the idea was, you know, the challenge was always, well, you know, we don't have. Uh, the back office systems and, and the billing and, and uh, kind of the infrastructure to pull off, you know, a product like that. So, uh, but there's right. definitely a segment of the market where uh, prepaid is, you know, on for home broadband is uh, uh, kind of underserved, I think, right now. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I think completely agree. I think you, you said it just right. You know, there was no real simple solution in the market. And I think that's where we solve a lot of the problem because, when we think of this, let's say, prepaid broadband as an example, right? There are three personas involved to deploy it. There's the end user, which could be a household or it could be an enterprise, right? Then you got your persona of 
your agents, either sales or support people, right? And then you got your stakeholder persona, which is finance, marketing, you know, product, all of those people. So our product serves the need of all of these three in one place. You have a back office portals to serve the customer, to sell to the customer. You got all your my account, manage the router. If you have a Wi-Fi mesh, you can do all of it from one place. You can buy, you have desktop version, tablet versions, all of that, right? White table to the client. And then you got all kind of analytics for the stakeholders so they can figure out what's working, what's not. You want to run influencer campaigns, you could do that. You want to create a referral program. You want to create promo codes for Mother's Day. You know, all of that's built in. And it's super simple for them to go deploy. Uh, we are not working with Comcast in their prepaid play, uh, right. but we are very confident and certain that what we are offering to our customers is significantly more sophisticated than a homegrown solution by one broadband yeah. provider, right? because we do this for a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason I brought yeah, because Comcast was one of the, the reason I brought them up. They were one of the first cable operators to to do it. Maybe they have the wherewithal to do all the the hard work <laughs> that goes behind right, it. Right, uh, right. But uh, we, we it's kind of been a limited market from the broadband side because of the you know the amount of uh, uh, work you have to do to get that going. And um, and since I do cover the cable beat, um, you know, I want to kind of tie in a little bit, you know, the work you've been doing with that industry on the mobile side, right? And, you know, we talked, we referenced earlier the partnership with Wide Open West uh, that you have, and that service was recently introduced uh, into the market. And, you know, WOW seems generally uh, pleased early on. You know, they haven't reported any reported any uh, subscriber numbers or anything. It was just kind of their general uh, response to it. Uh or how the way they've kind of characterized it, but from Reach Mobile's end of it, I mean, how has that been going? Have you, have you had any learning so far that you can share? Uh, well, it's going very well. Uh, I think I am not at liberty to share any numbers just because you know, right. at end of the day, we are a platform company. We provide the solution. We mm -hmm. are, you know, we are in the background, if you will, right? right. And we like it there, honestly. Uh, and we leave it to them to talk about you know their consumer products in the market. Mm -hmm. But I think from a from a product standpoint, from a relationship standpoint, things are going quite well. The experience, you can try it for yourself. You can become a customer, right, on their site. Uh, the experience is well. The customer response that we are seeing, generally speaking, is very well. Uh, it's a seamless, good experience. Uh, and I think that, you know, there's always a time period of like, you know, kind of letting it sit in the market, see how people like it, and then you kind of, you know, push the paddle hard to go distribute it further. And I, you know, I leave it to them to comment on what they do, when they do it. Uh, but I think everything is kind of ready, locked and loaded, right, for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll definitely tune in to their next earnings call to see how much uh, uh, additional detail they can provide. But, you know, in the past, you've mentioned that, uh, I think it was around the time the WOW deal came out there and you and I connected, you, you had uh, mentioned that, you know, there's discussions with other Operators going on that, that are interested in uh, you know, getting into mobile. Um, obviously, we know about you know the NCTC has been busy uh, trying to put something together for its its members. But um, from you know your standpoint, how have those conversations gone? You know, since we we first started talking about that, you know, several months ago, you're making some progress. Uh, or uh, you have companies like ready to kick the tires. I mean, how much? Uh, what, what's kind of the temperature right now, you know, with other cable operators in terms of their interest to, to get into that game? 
Well, uh, I wish I could share specifics, uh, but I'll do my best to give you as much information as you I can. As little as you can be, I guess. Yeah. Without, without breaking any NDAs. So I think the short answer is going very well, right, for us. And uh, we are very excited about this market segment. So we kind of break it into kind of, I guess, I don't want to call it tier ones or three. Let's just call it category one, two, and three, right? So category mm-hmm. one is your Comcast, you know, anybody with more than 10 million households, if you will, or eight to 10 million households above that number. We are not working with them. We, we never plan to work with them early on, even mm-hmm. though we think we have more superior products than what they put in the market, significantly more superior, but I'm biased, of course, as a CEO of Reach Mobile. <laughs> I can uh, understand that. I can, I can understand that. I think if you've got a third party to look at it, they'll probably reach the same conclusion. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you got the next segment with you know, 250,000 to 5 million households, right? They're about you know 12 to 15 players in the US. Uh, we are talking to most of them. And some of them have invested in us as well. We just recently raised $18 million in capital, uh, which, you know, uh, has come primarily from, you know, broadband companies investing in us. Uh, And then the third segment is like, you know, smaller players, less than 200,000 households. And there are about 700 of them in the U.S., maybe more. Uh, In that category, there is also wireless internet service providers, right, VISPA players, uh, so we have a, we have very well positioned there as well. You know, again, I can't speak to specifics, but you know, you made a reference to NCTC. Uh, we'll let them talk about when they talk about what they're doing, but we feel very good about it. Okay, great. And then the other thing, you know, you had mentioned, uh, you know, kind of the product that you have or the capabilities that you offer, you know, on that mobile side. We have seen uh, the likes of Charter and Comcast and, and Altice USA start to. Uh, come out with some different packages, you know, uh, a, l- a little more uh, beyond the original. Hey, they got buy the gig or or uh, uh, unlimited or you know, starting to do family plans. Now you uh, you you your platform will allow that and more, right? So they can do yeah. a, a lot of different uh, packaging and pricing. Uh, is it kind of up to them to decide what they want to do, or uh, it seems right. like the, the door is kind of open to different ideas? Yeah, we let the client decide, uh, as you said, Jeff. Uh, we do our own catalog and our own you know, policing engine to create these plans. So uh, we had family plans day one. Even in our consumer brand, we have family plans. Uh, and I'm, I have to look at what WOW, the, the plans WOW has, but I think they have family plans as they well. Do, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And our platform allows it because we do our own. We don't, we don't rely on the network operator to give us family plans. We have our own policing engine and our own catalog and OSS, BSS systems to do all of that. Uh, so we have them day one uh, in the product. I think we leave it up to the client, as you said, to decide what kind of plans they want to offer. But yes, they can they can pretty much be a kid in a candy store to figure out what they want to offer. And, and they can change their mind anytime too. You know, they can, it doesn't take, it doesn't take us weeks or months to, you know, implement those changes. They're all, in the product, all you're doing is changing configuration to say, hey, I want to launch this new type of plan for this market segment, right? And you can go do that. You can say, I want to offer this plan in a certain region you know, of my demographics. You can do that, right? So the platform has a lot of flexibility for the client to go do these kind of things. Okay. And sometimes I see, uh, at least on you know, from the mobile end, I see Reach referred to as like a mobile virtual network enabler or you know, an MV. Any, but I get the sense when I was doing some additional looking around and kind of catching up on what you guys were uh, doing the last few weeks, last couple of months. I get the sense that you view uh, 
reaches more than that, right? More than an MVNE. So I don't know if you can flesh that out for us because I, sometimes I get a little confused. Like what, how do we even define what an MVNE is? Yeah. You know, we talk <laughs> right, about MVNOs right. all the time, but you know, MVNE is kind of getting tied into the discussion a lot. Yeah. I, you know, I, I love this question because we get asked this all the time, sometimes many times a day, you know, so I well, think hey, I'll the, be the first one today then. You're the second one today, oh, you know. Oh, it's all right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I think the my favorite analogy for this is that if you think about point of sale systems in grocery stores in the old days, like if you went to a stop mm-hmm. and shop or something, you had this black screen and a green cursor, right? Point of sale system. And then came Square or Shopify of the world, right? You know, change the way you think about like point of sale. I think we are that of the MVNE world, right? I think MVNE traditionally are, you know, kind of a black screen, green cursor. And we came in and we said, okay, you know what? That is like 5% of the problem you're solving, right? There's another 95% that you're not solving, right? And that's where the friction comes. So I think that's what we, that's where I described all the different personas, like all the pieces you need to launch a solution. Like take an example, let's say you launch an MVNO. Let's say you are a customer, you go mm-hmm. sign up at WOW, or another one of our clients, you know, you get an email saying, oh, thank you for signing up. You get an email saying your ship, your your SIM is on its way. Track your SIM. You got your SIM. Activate your number. Port in your number. Like, you know, there are like 600 transactional messages that happen in the lifetime of a customer. In-app notifications, you know, uh, push messages, SMS, email, right? When we say turnkey for a service, all of it is done, right? You know, these even these things are drafted. Yes, they're personalized by the client and the client changes the tone. Or you, you want to say hi, customer. You want to say howdy, customer, right? But traditionally, the MVNEs don't think of it that way, right? They are basically giving you some APIs so that you don't have to work with the carrier underneath. And they're giving you, oh, you want some billing? We can throw that over the wall. That's not how we think about it, right? So I think we we are an MVNE because we do the enabling, but that's like 5% of our solution. Right? Okay. There's another 95% that they don't offer. Now, we do offer a platform to other MVNEs in the U.S. We haven't publicly disclosed them, but there are two MVNEs in the U.S. One of them, actually, both of them are reasonably large. They are our competition. We compete with them, but we also license a platform to them. And wherever they are selling, we just sit it out. You know, we let them sell to where they're already selling. Uh, but we do offer, a, you know, we have signed deals with them, and we license our platform to them today. Okay, so it's like another angle of the business for you. Okay, well, one thing, uh, 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 last thing on the mobile side, then we'll hit on on one other thing. It was the, uh, you also have like your own product, like a direct, your own, you sell a service as well, or like a direct-to-consumer mobile mm-hmm. offering, right? And is that is that continuing on uh, even as you have, you know, reach and and partnerships, you know, in a lot of different areas? Right, right. So we have, so our platform business, we call it Reach Next. Right. Our consumer brand is Reach Mobile, the okay. jade color. You know, this one is kind of reddish pink color. I'm colorblind, so I don't quote me the exact color. <laughs> uh, and uh, um, yes, our consumer brand is very much alive. We eat our own dog food, so to speak. We <laughs> use that almost as a model home, right? Uh, mm. All new cool stuff, we put it on there. You know, of course, in a very sensible commercial manner. Like, you know, let's say you want Siri to change your plan, right? You know, that'll be on Reach Mobile first because, you know, you want to kick the tires with it. We give a lot of freedom to our, our developers, our designers to try things on it. Uh, we have a few thousand commercial users on it, of course. 
It's actually the best rated mobile service in the U.S. It has 4.8 stars on Trustpilot, the only mobile brand in the country that has that. And it's done very well, right? You know, but having said that, I would say that 98% of our company is focused on Reach Next. Okay. And very little focus on the consumer brand to the extent that we do have a lot of focus on consumer brand is to serve our platform customers. Right. I guess it is good. I mean, not, not to say it's like a sandbox, but you can probably experiment a little bit, right, with your own mm-hmm. thing and before you kind of put it into the uh, the Reach Next aspect yeah. Yeah. yeah interesting okay. and we are we are you know we announced our business uh, enterprise solution recently yeah. uh, okay you're going to get to it yeah, so that's, yeah that was the last thing i want to talk about right because the, the recent announcement kind of a connectivity as a service platform and uh it looks like it's aimed at the enterprise sector so yeah it'd be good to have you uh kind of dig into that a little bit expand about the um you know, the, the, the product and maybe some specific use cases uh, that you expect to kind of come out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think, you know, this dovetails well into the Reach Mobile question as well, because, you know, that Reach Mobile will have kind of reach for business, if you will, right, you mm-hmm. know, as a use case. Uh, but the broad focus there is we felt that the Shopifying of kind of the network monetization uh, is just as much, if not more, needed in the enterprise segment as it is in the consumer. We see so much interest on the consumer segment with our products, right, in the market in the U.S. and in Western Europe, which is the two markets we are really focused on today. We'll eventually expand. Um, but we saw a lot of interest on the enterprise side with use cases like enterprise MVNO, straightforward use case. Also, we see a lot of companies wanting to have their own branded service for their employees as retention tools which is post-COVID, you know. Uh, So we're seeing that as a use case. And then IoT, you know, large computer manufacturers selling like connectivity along with the laptop. You can call it IoT. I think everything at some level is connected device IoT. Like your phone is essentially an IoT device that allows you to make phone calls in addition to data, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea here is you have, uh, you know, let's say it's a small business of 100 people, the one person can go buy a service. So the way we have approached that is we have made it very simple that the front desk person can go do it. They don't need to have an IT person to go manage their, you know, whatever connectivity devices they're buying. Is it mobile phones? Is it IoT devices? Is it connected alarm system, monox, carbon monoxide detector, whatever that is. But we made it super simple for anyone to go do that. Like, for example, right, if you have 100 phones and you get a bill, I mean, the traditional bills are like, nobody can look at them. You just look at like, you know, you get 32 pages of it. You look at the the number that I got to pay. Yeah, it's a little hard to decipher it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like our system has interactive bill, right? You can actually sort, filter, you can look at the department, you can, you know, you can, it's just simple because that's what I would like to look at. I'm not going to go look at 38 pages to see if there's some wrong charge here. It has alerts built in saying, hey, here you are away from your norm than what you usually see in the past, right? You can delegate the power to departments to say, hey, marketing, you can, you know, you, here's your budget. You can turn on international roaming and calling because your people travel, right? So it's, it's a lot more interactive and you don't have to necessarily go call customer service uh, for understanding what's going on, right? So it's just we're trying to basically disrupt it the same way we have disrupted the consumer side. You know, again, I go back to like, you know, I think, and we also think that the enterprise side might be a shoe in for us to go into the category one customers, 
who have launched consumer but have not launched enterprise because we think we have a significantly more already built out sophisticated product for that segment. And that might be a way for us to kind of, you know, go back into the category one customers that, you know, we weren't there when they were launching their consumer brands. Interesting. Well, and and you just announced this uh, a few weeks ago, but um, uh, what kind of traction are you seeing with it respect with respect to trials or deployments or, you know, just uh, initial discussions? How would you characterize the uh, status on that? We are we are pretty far along with two or three large clients on it on the enterprise. So hopefully we should be able to announce something later this year or early Q1. We'll have a deal this year. I don't know when the client will announce. We always leave the announcements to the clients. We never jump the gun on it. We let them decide when they want to say what they want to say. But we'll definitely have a, our first enterprise deal this year. Okay. Well, good. Well, I'll keep an eye out for that and, uh, you know, other aspects of your business, um, you know, definitely on the cable side, you know, again, you know, mobile's become this very uh, uh, hot topic, you know, within the industry kind of going forward. So I look forward to uh, staying up to speed with you on that. And I think that's where we're going to leave it for today. So uh, thanks again for joining me on the podcast. You know, it was a pleasure having you and uh, getting a chance to catch up again. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me on the podcast as well. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks.